0: If you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of Matthew, the Gospel Record of Matthew in chapter number seven, the Gospel Record of Matthew in chapter number seven. We're finishing up our series of (laughs) discipleship, understanding that we're looking at the idea of discipleship found in the Bible. This idea of what does it mean to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that salvation and deciding to follow after Christ are two different decisions. And that once you become saved, then you make a decision to follow after Christ with your life. And we're describing what does it look like, uh, what does it entail, uh, trying to be honest and see what the scriptures say. That way we can evaluate for ourselves that first of all, are we following after Christ? And if we're not, to make the decision to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. Now as we continue with this idea, we find in the gospel record of Matthew chapter number 7. The gospel record of Matthew chapter number 7. And notice with me in verse number 24 as the Lord Jesus Christ begins to teach to the crowd here. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man." which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, mark two phrases that we find in two different verses as a comparer and contrast. Notice with me in verse number 24, where it says, doeth them, in the context that whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, this idea is doing, do with them. And then once again, in verse number 26, where Jesus is saying, everyone that heareth not the sayings of mine Here's the phrase, and doeth them not. So here he's giving a comparison of those who are obeying and those who are disobeying. And what we find here is this idea is that the open secret is obedience. The open secret is obedience. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you giving us grace. Help us as we open up this passage, and we need you. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus Christ here is giving a comparison of those who obey and those who do not obey. He's giving a comparison here with the idea that we are building. Every single one of us are building. And we have different materials that we're building on. However, it is the foundation that Jesus Christ is putting the emphasis on. Not the building materials, the foundation. And the foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the foundation? Quite simply, do we obey. Jesus Christ is our foundation if we obey what he tells us to do. And that makes it quite simple, simple, this emphasis here, that it's on the structure. Or it's not on the structure, it's on the foundation. The fact that you're a Christian doesn't mean you're going to escape the storm. In fact, notice with me in verse number 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, so it's not just hearing, it's Are you doing them? I will liken him as a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house. So here is someone who listened and obeyed, and it doesn't say, well, if you listen and obey, you're not going to have any storms. It does say you're going to have storms. The difference here is when the storms come, the house is built upon a rock. It is built upon a solid foundation that's not going to crumble. That we know that when the storms come, we have a rock to hide into. We have a rock to anchor to. But that is only true is if we have built it upon obedience, following after the Lord Jesus Christ. Disciples decide to obey and become doers of the word. Now let's dive in just a little bit more and let's see here. First of all, let's see the person speaking. The person speaking. Now notice with me in verse number 28. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority. And not as the scribes. What this is saying is that Christ spoke with authority. When the people heard him speak, they did not have a misunderstanding they knew exactly what he was saying. It says, not as the scribes. The scribes would often teach in a way that says, all right, well, the Bible says this. What do you think about this? 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 Which is an awful way to run a Bible study. Unfortunately, this is how the modern way of running Bible studies are. Jesus taught with authority. This is what I taught This is what you're expected to do. And there was no misunderstood standing. Jesus taught very clearly that the idea here was not just to hear his words, but to obey what God had given you. By the way, this is the open secret of discipleship, that your growth in the Lord is directly proportional to your obedience. Directly. If you want to grow in the Lord quickly, let me tell you the secret. Obey. Obey. When we don't obey, we don't grow. When you obey completely and fully surrendered, you grow (laughs) like faster than you could ever imagine. It is directly proportionate. And we find this principle found all throughout the Bible. That if you truly want to grow in the Lord, it is obey. You say, well, what am I supposed to obey? Well, first of all, what the Bible gives to you. Every time the Bible is opened up, God is attempting to speak to you. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a young man, not of this church. And I said, so how's your Bible reading? You guys know that's my second favorite question. How's your Bible reading? And he went, it's, it's okay. Good. How's the Lord speaking to you? What? How's the Lord speaking to you? What? How is the Lord speaking to you? What do you mean? (laughs) We got an issue here. Every time, every time the Bible is open, God is attempting to speak to you. You say, well, what am I listening to? Well, it's not an audible voice. It's not an angel's. It's not an idea that when you put your hand in the finger, that light hits it just right, and then you see the glow of the words just burning in the page. But if you are saved... And the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Every time you open up the Bible. God is trying to speak to you about something. He's trying to give you something. So whether it's in your own Bible reading. Whether it's from the pulpit. Whether it's from a Sunday school class. Whether it's from a sermon you're listening to in your car. Every time. Every time. The Bible is opened. God is attempting to speak to you. And you will hear it. If you're listening, every time he's trying to give you something to obey, um, hold your finger here. Let me tell you to an example. Uh, one of my favorite examples, those of you who've been through discipleship uh, know this example because we put a big emphasis. Turn with me to First uh, Samuel chapter 3. We're turn, just taking a quick pit stop. We'll come right back. 1 Samuel chapter number 3. Of course, 1 Samuel chapter 3 is the calling of young Samuel. Samuel is a young child. By the way, aren't you glad that God could speak to even a young children? And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, just to catch you up to the context, that um, Samuel has never heard the voice of the Lord yet. He didn't know God personally. But in the middle of the night, God spoke to him, Samuel, Samuel. Well, Samuel woke up with every intention to be obedient. His authority was Eli, the high priest. So in the middle of the night, he jumps in. Eli, here I am. What do you want? Eli wakes up and like normal parents, he looks at you and says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Leave me alone. Okay. And so he goes back. Then God calls Samuel again. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel jumps up, runs over, goes, sees Eli. And Eli says, "Uh, why are you waking me up? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Third time. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel runs up. Now, what we're seeing about Samuel is he had every intention to obey, yeah. every intention obey, and so he shows up. Samuel's now awake enough to realize. You know, I think God's trying to speak to this young man. So, Samuel, next time you hear that voice, say, "Lord, here am I, thy servant." Speak, uh, thy servant heareth, speak. And so he did. Fourth time, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel looked up, said, "Here I am, Lord, thy servant hears, speak." And God spoke to him. And from that moment, he always intended to be obedient to the Lord so much. But notice this word picture in verse number 19. Uh, 1 Samuel 3, verse 19. Speaking of Samuel, notice this word picture. And Samuel grew. And the Lord was with him. By the way, when you start obeying the Lord, one of the side effects is the Lord is with you. And people knew about it. But notice this word picture and did let none of his words fall to the ground. So here's like the picture. Imagine that Samuel's holding a basket and he's standing underneath an apple tree and he is waiting for those apples to fall. And every time they would fall, he'd be ready to catch it and ready to catch it. Oh, and ready to catch it. It's giving a word picture, something in your mind. He was prepared to be obedient. Whatever God said, he was going to make sure that none of God's words fall to the ground, which is opposite about when I preach. When I preach, I can imagine little arrows starting to hit. People, whoa, that almost got me. Whew, that was close. People diving for cover. I don't want to obey that. That's not mine. Whoa, that was for someone else. Samuel said, I want to prepare to obey. No matter what it is, I'm looking to obey. I'm listening. This is, as we turn back to the gospel record of Matthew chapter 7, this is that idea here. (laughs) Jesus is the one that's speaking. It's his words. And if you have a type of heart, a type of desire, that I'm going to not let any of God's words miss me, fall to the ground. I'm going to capture each one of them that carries the idea that I'm going to do something with it. You're going to grow amazingly. You're going to have a great foundation. So when the storms come, it's not going to blow you over. You're not going to be crushed because you're building it out of obedience. No matter what God says, I'm going to obey it. Even if it's something I don't initially like, if it's against my flesh, I'm still going to obey it. Why? Because it's not my words, it's not the preacher's words, it's God's words, it's His words. And Jesus' is teaching as one that has authority. And they were astonished and they were amazed. Hold your finger here and turn with me to the gospel record of uh, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, a passage we went over not too long ago. Luke chapter 6. Jesus Christ is... Um, doing a comparison, this is similar. Notice what it says in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 45. A good man out of the treasure of his own heart bringeth forth that which is good and an evil man out of the treasure of his own heart bringeth forth that which is evil for the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Now that's a good thing. Do you call Jesus boss? Do you call him Lord? Do you call him master? Then how come you don't obey him? Verse 47 whosoever cometh to me and hear in my sayings and doeth them, I'll show you who, to whom he is like. He's like a man which diggeth a house and diggeth deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon that rock. But he that heareth and doeth it not is like a man without a foundation built a house upon the earth against the stream did beat vehemently and immediately fell and the ruin of that house was great. Now, people will often look at and say, listen, when Jesus spoke, if Jesus was here speaking to me right now, of course I would obey him. Well, wait. When we have his word, it's just as if he was physically speaking to us right here and now. It's the same equivalence. And so it's very hypocritical to say, listen here, if I was there in Jesus' day, of course I obey. And then you have your Bible and you don't obey now. It's hypocritical. We are supposed to obey this just as if Jesus had spoken to us because it is his word. So we start off with the idea of the person speaking. You know, sometimes we make the mistake when telling people, uh, well, you should do this and you should do this. What we should be saying is what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Because the Bible's our authority. It doesn't matter what we say. It matters what God says. And that's what we should be anchoring people to. What does the Bible say? And if the Bible says it, we should obey. Notice, if we don't mind, we see not only the person speaking, but the principle stated. The principle stated. Notice with me in verse number twenty-four again, as we see, as Jesus is finishing up what is called the Sermon of the Mound, and in verse number twenty-four he is wrapping up, he's concluding this message with this application. Verse twenty-four: Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man that builteth his house upon a rock. The way to get the foundation is to hear and obey to hear and heed, to listen to what it says. In fact, notice if you don't mind, the Apostle Paul builds upon this in the book of, um, excuse me, First Corinthians chapter number 3. First Corinthians chapter number 3. Now, of course, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is speaking about the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat that Christians are going to stand before God and give an account for. Notice, if you don't mind, what the Apostle Paul has to say about this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and notice with me in starting at verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. First, Uh, Corinthians chapter 3, that was verse 11. Verse number 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation, so notice again we have the foundation of Jesus Christ. That foundation is laid as we're obeying and listening to him. Then we build upon that foundation. If any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. That word sort is very important. What is the work, the foundation that we build upon this? Again, the idea that we're finding here is that... (coughs) That the foundation we build is Jesus Christ. There's no other foundation that's going to last that we can build other than Jesus Christ. We understand how do we build upon this foundation by listening and obeying. Now may I also give an emphasis here that delay is disobedience. There's no such thing as I'll do it later. That means I'm not going to do it now. That's disobedience. I will not do it now it's immediate obedience this is what you've given me to do this is what i'm going to do now whenever you delay you are are excuse me you are disobeying immediately at that time you're disobeying when god's speaking to you he's not giving you something for later he's trying to give it to you now are you going to obey now or are you going to ob- or disobey that's your choice obeying with this as i reminder is not just simply doing god's will it's delighting in God's will. I'm thankful to be doing this. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. This is what the Lord's given me to do. And if that makes him happy, I'm glad to do it. That's the idea of obedience. Just simply doing what you're supposed to do with a bad spirit is not obey. It's doing it with the right spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit who lives within inside of us is the one who's going to give us these impressions, who's going to open these things up as we walk with Him. The principle of the par- of the parable that we find is to hear and to obey. Which brings us to the third thing here, the promise made. The promise made. Now, what is the promise? As we're in Matthew chapter 7 and verse... <laughs> um, Excuse me. And verse number 25. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. And it fell not. For it was founded upon the rock. Here is the promise here. It fell not. Now this is also tied in to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. Let me show you this promise if you don't mind. The book of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. The book of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. And if you've never memorized these verses. These are good verses to memorize. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. Notice what it says. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. Now remember we don't work to be saved. This is important. Because In that passage in Matthew, we're talking about that we're building upon it. I want to remind you that we're building upon something that's already there. We don't work in order to go to heaven. God has already secured that for us. In fact, notice with me in verse 10 uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. So let's hit verse 8 again. Let's hit it in context and order. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk therein. Notice, we don't work in order to be saved. Because we are saved, we work for him. What does that mean? That I have it a different motive. It's a thankfulness. Because I recognize who God is, because I'm thankful for him saving me, I want to obey him. I don't obey him in order to go to heaven. I don't obey him in order to have Uh, security of my salvation. That's already laid as a foundation. That's never going to be knocked away. It's never going to be taken away from that. Now I build upon that rock of Jesus Christ that even in the storms come, it's not going to knock me off the foundation because that foundation is safe. It is secure. It's in what Jesus Christ has. Now, why do I serve God? I don't serve God in order to get something from Him. I serve God because of what He has already done done. That's the foundation that we're building upon. Now think about that. Whenever we come to the place where we say, I'm not going to obey God, you know where that stems from? Not being thankful. Unthankfulness. When someone says, listen, I know I'm supposed to read my Bible, but I don't want to. You know where it comes from? Unthankfulness. Well, I know I'm supposed to go to church, but I don't want to. You know where that comes from? unthankfulness thankfulness. It's a big deal. We should be thankful because of what he's already done for us. I'm not trying to earn my salvation. I'm thankful that that's already taken care of. Jesus paid the price for me. I just get the privilege of serving him because of what he's done for me. It's the idea, are you thankful? If you're thankful, then you have no problems obeying. So we could go back and see where all the source of this is. The foundation of our life that we build upon is on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've accepted Him as Savior. Now listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to build this foundation. And it's quite simply of recognizing that you're a sinner and because of your sin you've offended a holy righteous God. But that Jesus Christ died for you and paid the price and you came to the place where you personally accept Christ to be your Savior. And you could have that foundation for yourself and once that foundation is there, you build upon that. But if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, our motive should be clear. It should be out of thankfulness. Because we're thankful, It shouldn't. there should be no such thing as twisting Christians' arms and trying to make them do what they're supposed to do. If we're thankful, we have no problems doing it. If we're grateful, we have no problems doing it. God has done so much for you. You know, when we get back and start thinking about all that God has done for us, that he... "...went from the glories of heaven and robed himself in flesh. And Jesus Christ walked on this earth the whole time, knowing he was going to die. And not just knowing he was going to die, how he was going to die. And he did it anyways because he loved us. Why wouldn't we want to obey him? When we think about how he protects us, we think about what he does for us on a daily basis. Why wouldn't we want to obey? Why wouldn't we want to serve him?" I meant, has he ever been bad to you? Has he ever done anything but be good to you? Then why? Isn't it amazing? If you could be honest, we have times of struggling. You ever wake up not want to go to church? You ever wake up and not want to read your Bible? You know, it's at those times that our eyes are not on the Lord. Because if we were to be close to the Lord and looking at him, we'd be thankful. And it wouldn't be a big deal after all. You see, our motive is different. Religion says that we have to do something in order to stay right, to stay pleasing, to stay going to heaven. Instead, we are reading our Bible. We're doing these things. We're being obedient because we're thankful. It's a different motive. By the way, what serves God better? Someone that has to or someone who wants to? It should have the want to. That's the different desire. That's the idea here that God can help us take a step by faith and realize that I'm doing this not because I have to but because I want to and I'm building on a foundation of what Christ has already done for me and that I have no problems. The idea and the principle that we're going to learn about even this morning is that when we realize how much we're forgiven and we'll turn around and we have no problems loving the Lord when we realize how much we're We've been forgiven. We realize how much He's done for us. He's given you life and health and strength. He's given you breath. He's given you the ability to see. He's given us some physical ability. He's given us freedom. He's given us so much. And we think about all the things He's done for us. It's not a big deal at all to obey. Again, we're not trying to say you need to obey in order to go to heaven. If you've accepted Christ, He's already done all of that. There's nothing you could do to add to it. And there's nothing you could do to take it away. That's already safe, secure. Now we're building because of a thankfulness. Once again, I said at the beginning, what is the fastest way to grow in the Lord? By obedience. By obeying what he's saying. Now again, someone who's built up a life of disobedience, when those storms come, and because you're not built on that solid rock, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough because you've built upon disobedience. Jesus here is giving them a warning here. He's saying it's very clear the choice is to obey or to disobey. If you obey, you have a firm foundation that when the storms come, it's not going to knock you off kilter. Sure, there may be some storm damage, but the foundation was set and secured. But if you've built disobedience in your life that God has been speaking and God's been speaking, God's been speaking, and you're like, no, that's not for me. That doesn't apply to me. That's for someone else. And just avoiding those words that's hitting. When the storms come, it's going to be very rough because that foundation is not going to be built on that foundation. Foundation may be over here and you built your house over here. It's not going to help. This is what Jesus is trying to get across that we can have a life not from the absence of storms, but a life that when the storms come is going to be anchored down and we could survive them because of that obedience that we've we've built on the Lord Jesus Christ. What's our motive? It should be out of thankfulness. five three zero six three oh eight once again that number is nine two zero five three oh six three oh eight if there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you please let us know we would love to make ourselves available thank you